coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc, and John, we're going to talk about all kind of shit going on, man. It's been a crazy week, and if you're not watching this podcast, you're missing out. I'm telling you. First of all, we had we had fights here in Hanford. If you know what Hanford is. A little town in central California and one of our fighters uh, fought her name is Gabby Lopez and she had her third win out of three fights uh, she fought a real um, not stocky I mean she, it was like a nice body and stuff but a lot shorter and wider girl um, and that girl came in to engage in the first round and Gabby is tall and thin she's a they fight at 125, so you can't be very big fighting at 125. But Gabby hits, her left hook is like a grown man. It's like, I when I hold mitts for her, it, I mean, it tweaks my shoulder. It, it's so deceiving. So this girl comes in thinking she's fighting this skinny girl. And the first left hook of the night, you could just tell her face like, oh, shit. So it gave Gabby, when you hit hard, guys and girls, if you have a hard punch, your life is all automatically that much easier. If you have a hard punch, your life is that much easier. That's a lot for a license plate frame, but yeah. It is. Your, li- <laughs> your life is, it's like, you get, like, in most places, if you're smart, your life's a lot easier. If you're good looking, your life's easier. Like, where I grew up in Hawaii, it, they didn't care about how much money you had, how, how good looking you were. If you could fight, your life is easier. In Hawaii, Honolulu, Hawaii, in the 1970s, I, it was like that, without a doubt. So was this a back-and-forth fight, or how'd the fight go? Well, she it was a back-and-forth fight, but the girl was a lot more wary of, of Gabby after she tasted her power. But it went back and forth. She was she was better at the in-clinch, like just the strength moves, and Gabby was better at the you know distance. So it kind of went back and forth. Gabby won the first. She won the second, maybe. Um, and then Gabby definitely won the third. So it was a unanimous decision. It wasn't. It was a competitive fight, but it wasn't really close. It was definitely Gabby's fight. Um, so congratulations for Gabby. Um, and then we had Court McGee fighting. That's a big pit weekend. Big. And uh, so we watched Court McGee fight on this phone. Off of, uh, I have Dish, and Dish, on my uh, subscription, I have Fox Sport 1, so I was able to get the fight on this uh, phone, so we get to watch it in the dressing room, with like, there's probably, without exaggerating, there's probably like 25 people watching Court McGee fight on this iPhone, <laughs> and everybody's like gathered around watching the fight, and we're trying to get our fighters ready, and you know, there was a fight going on. I mean, the fights were going on in the dressing room. Gabby was, I just got done wrapping her hands, so she was warming up. But we were watching Court McGee's fight, including her. Um, and then when he won, everybody cheered, and it was pretty cool. Um, he fought, let's, so let's break right into uh, 
UFC uh, Vol uh, Volcom versus uh, Smith out of uh, New Brunswick, uh, Canada. It's supposed to be beautiful up there. Um, I'm going to talk to Court about it, but I've heard really good things about it. It's way up there. It's northeast of Maine. Yeah, yeah. We is it? It's by Nova Scotia, I think. And we used to go there when I was a kid. But it, anyway, it's beautiful up there. Um, anyway, Court fought Alex Garcia, who's a uh, he's a Dominican wrestling. Uh, mainly, started off as a wrestler, but he's he's known for his knockout punch, and he actually tagged. Uh, Courtney a couple times in the first round and the second round. But in the first round, Courtney was able to uh, just dominate with uh, with ground control and uh, and his and his and his striking. Um, so first round, uh, Courtney won pretty big. Then the second round uh, was the second round, I think, where this guy got Courtney's back. Yeah, and so. You could have given it to this guy, but to be honest, the majority of that round was Court's uh, ground and standing, except for the time where he had Courtney's back. Court did a beautiful uh, escape, um, but a uh, I think one of the referees gave Court that round. Um, I might have given it to the other guy, but then the third round was like, it wasn't like a 10-8 round, but it was definitely a 10-9 round. 10 -9 round. When the bell rang, I think everybody who was saw the fight, they didn't go, oh, I wonder who got it. It was crystal clear that Court McGee won that fight. Um, and I think the main reason he won, I think their skill sets were um, almost even. I think Courtney is a little better at the jiu-jitsu part. This guy was a really good grappler. Courtney was a little better at striking. This guy hit really hard. But the conditioning was the X factor. Courtney's conditioning is, is it's second to none. Court actually gets stronger each round, and he wears on people. He grinds on people. And you could tell, like, halfway through the first round, this guy wasn't going to turn back. And, he, and he, he still was dangerous, but he wasn't as explosive. i say halfway into the first round and he ne that quite n never quite came back he had flurries of, of power and, and his condition uh his skill but courtney's conditioning is an x factor um and it, it's something that will win him a lot of fights yeah and i think everyone brings it up the, the announcers always bring it up when the court's fighting and you know his whole background and um the substance use stuff and coming back from that and being sober for like I don't I think they said 5,000-something days. It's uh, a long time. But that thing's that's always in the back of everyone's mind when they watch court because it's such a feel-good story to see someone who's so successful that's come out of that, especially as that, as, I don't know, it seems like it's taken even more of a hold on our country, and there's a lot of towns that are really devastated by the opioid crisis. So that, that's kind of court's thing. Um, and it's a great, this, his win, he was so happy. It was so nice to see him win. He was so thrilled and he gets his message out there and I, it just makes him an even more popular fighter. I think people really like him. My wife won't watch MMA, but when Court's fight came on, she ran in the room and watched through, through her fingers, but she, she wanted to see Court fight cause he's such a nice guy. Yeah. You know, she's met him and, um, 
she ran in the room to watch Court fight. She was really excited for him too. So it was great seeing Court fight. Great seeing that win. Yeah, I think I agree with you. It was a very do- it was a dominant win. So it was really nice to see. Yeah, yeah. The UFC is gonna like that. Um, and he's gonna do some uh, some stuff for the UFC against uh, you know speaking out uh, uh, not against anything but for you know um, like being clean and sober and and. Breaking free of the of the drug addiction, especially the op- opioids, um, and he's such a good spokesman because everybody loves Court McGee. You cannot love if you don't like Court McGee. You you personally, if you don't like Court McGee, you're a douchebag. It's like there's like some people like me, some people don't. I see both sides to that, and most people are like that. But Court McGee, if you don't like Court McGee. You look in the fucking mirror and you are a douchebag. You are not a good person. Nobody that's a good person dislikes Court McGee. He's one of these guys that everybody who's a good person on this planet loves him. I don't know why. He's just, he's such a likable guy. What does he look like without a beard? Have you ever known him to not have a beard? Uh, no, but I've seen pictures and oh, he's I've had seen that with the whole time you've known him. He's had the big beard. He's gone back and forth. Like he's trimmed it up pretty good. I, I think... saw he posted a picture about him and his wife's anniversary or something. A really old picture, and he had no beard. I was like, I didn't even know what he looked like. I was like, Cor McGee. It's Cor McGee. His dad has the same beard. So that was a good fight. Um, uh, Alex Garcia definitely um, has a lot of skill, a lot of stuff. If I had one thing to. Uh, Word of advice for uh, for Alex Garcia would be work on your cardio because that that you know if Court didn't have so many other skills, you, you, then the court your lack of cardio could have overcame that. But since Court McGee's skill level is so high on wrestling and striking um, and grappling like jujitsu, his conditioning brings it up right to here. But Alex Garcia, you're right here with Court, but the conditioning, you need to work on your cardio. There's this, I mean, nobody could can say I'm 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 wrong on that. And it's not a put down at all. It's just everybody needs certain certain uh could can make them a little better. Um Well, it's an interesting part of physiology. You look at Alex Garcia and he's a physical specimen, but it's the you know, that doesn't translate into the cardio. We've seen that time and time again, like with Francis Nagano. The guy looks like he's you know chiseled out of granite, like amazing, and then the cardio is not always it doesn't go along with cardio. And then you look at someone like Roy, big big country Roy, <laughs> right? And he has a huge gut, and he'll go five hard rounds and not even look like he, not even get close to tired. So, so you just can't tell. You, you can't, can't tell. tell when you size fighters up when they're facing each other off. You cannot tell. No, because then you look at some guys that are cut like like chiseled. Like uh, marvelous Marvin Hagler never got tired, but he was chiseled, right? So you just can't tell. So never judge a book by its cover. And if you're gonna listen to books, always get audiobooks. It's so much more convenient. Audiobooks are like if you got nothing to do with your time and you're like if you're just bored with your life and you got nothing to do, yeah, sit there for hours and read a book and not do anything else. Listen to a podcast. What are you talking about? Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. What are you talking about? No, I'm saying. <laughs> no, if you have nothing else to do, look at Oh, look, after they listen to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. If you have nothing else to do in your life, read a book. <laughs> but if you want an audiobook, if you want to learn stuff, 
listen to it while you're doing it. Right now, you could be listening to this podcast and doing burpees while you're listening to this podcast. And you're getting stronger listening to burpees. In fact, ready? <laughs> Go. All right, so anyway. Great fight for Corey. Great fight. Who else? Can't wait to see what he's got next. He's, uh, he's, he's, Courtney. Hopefully we'll see him soon. Hopefully he'll come out. I love Courtney, yeah. Then we had, uh, Volante and Ed Herman. I thought Ed Herman won barely. It could have gone either way, but I thought he won. But it was kind of douchey for him to say that in the cage because you're not going to get the win, Ed, by saying, oh, the, uh, I won that fight. You're diminishing Volante because it's kind of like kind of like putting him down even though you throw in, oh, but it's not his fault. It's still kind of, you still come across kind of like a little on the douchey side. Everybody saw that you won the fight. Everybody, everybody, probably the majority of the people, I, I heard a lot of boos, but it was, but not, but, but the point is you didn't win. The, the judges gave it to um, Volante. If you wanted to win that bad and and it, and it meant that much to you, you should have stepped it up and gone for a knockout or at least won decisively. You didn't win decisively. I thought you won barely. It was probably a 28-29 fight, but if you I mean to, to come say afterwards and I mean it's a put down to everybody and it makes you look douchey to to say, "Well, I won that fight." The fucking crowd doesn't want to hear that. I mean Everybody that thought you won thought you won already. If they didn't, by you saying I I thought I should have won that fight, then they're gonna think you're even douchier because I think it's a douchey thing to say. And I did think you won, but if you really wanted to win next time in the same kind of fight, pick up your defense a little bit and your offense. Throw more and go for the knockout more. Neither one of you guys was like like Arturo Gotti, Mickey Ward. You guys were both a little bit hesitant. And you did throw, um, but come on, man. That was just, it sounded terrible to say that. It was a close fight. I thought Ed Herman won. Neither one of them showed much defense. And their offense was, uh, I mean, they threw a fair amount, but they didn't. it didn't look like Arturo Gotti, Mickey Ward. It was not that kind of fight. Be humble. Own it and say what I could have done better. I don't know. Yeah. The fight, the results are in. They're not going to reverse it. You They're can only look it. bad by acting like that. You can only look bad by, by... I mean, to me, the best I've ever seen, and I think there's two people that have done it, but um, when uh, Rampage Johnson won a fight over Leota, he didn't think he won. So he was like the opposite of douchebag. When they, called the, when they announced uh, him as the winner, he was like, they, when they put the microphone in his mouth, you could tell when someone doesn't think they really won the fight and they put the microphone in their mouth, they're kind of like, when, when, they, when they announced the victory and they win, they were like, oh, shit, I thought I lost. Their, their face shows that. But then when they grab the mic, they go, yeah, I knew I had it, man. I, I, you know, I've been training hard. But Rampage, he got, the, he got the mic, and he's like, what were the judges looking at? I lost that fight. I don't know what the that's what you want to see. That's the kind of guy that the that the crowd is going to love. They're not going to love someone. I mean, I've seen Chuck lose really close fights and I've seen Court McGee lose fights that he that the crowd in the guy's hometown was booing. But Court would never say, "Yeah, I should have won that fight," you know. He's going to think it. And if you ask him, "Do you think you won?" He might go, "I, you know, but 
I don't know. It was douchey. But anyway, what else we got? That well, was that a- was one thing. I you just reminded me in court's fight. Um, the announcer said something about court doesn't really get finished. I was just looking up his record. He got one. He has stopped once. Once. Yeah. The rest of them, you know, if he he he's so durable. He goes the he's distance. Lo- he got stopped once um, by the guy from American Top once. Team. Yeah, by American Top Team. Uh, right here. Uh, it was up one more. One one. No, it was after decision, that. Decision, decision. Upmore, 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 decision. Upmore. I, don't, I don't remember the name. No, it was right before that one. There's that that guy, Santiago. Yes. Santiago. Ponzinibbio dropped Pon- him. That was a TKO. Yeah. yeah. So, but that was it. Yeah. Court he, doesn't lose. He, he doesn't get submitted. He yeah. doesn't get knocked out. And almost all of his losses by decision are fucking split decisions. Then and and to be honest, like I think he should have won most of them. Um. Ben Saunders, super close. I thought he won, but I, I definitely wouldn't argue that one. Nick Ring, he definitely won that one, and he got uh, ripped off. And that Strickland guy. But anyway, so that was court. What else we got? We got the Asian sensation. Sukumta. And this, Sukumta. This other guy is so new, he, they don't even have a picture of him on Mar- the UFC's website. Martinez. Martinez Jonathan yeah. Martinez, who came in, I guess, undefeated, some sensation, yeah. you know, big deal coming to uh, the UFC. What yeah. Do, so Sukumta, I remember we saw him fight recently. Yeah. He fought O'Malley. Yeah, and he, and he it, yeah. That was the one where O'Malley was Hurt broke his, his foot and was laying on the mat for his interview. So he was coming back from that loss to O'Malley. Yeah, he looked good. He looked really good. He's a good, 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 good fighter. Um, he's a good fighter. Um, and this was a fight. Mar- I think Martinez was covering up on the cage and just taking shots and after shot. And then what? How did the fight end? Um, it was a stoppage, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I'll look it up. It was, yeah, it was a close fight. Um, I just remember all those shots. He was taking so many shots. But he was give Martinez was giving too. It was it was definitely a give and take fight until uh, Sukumta uh, started getting the momentum and, and you know just just uh, I think he stopped him. I'm I'm gonna say he stopped him, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But anyway, so that was that was a good fight. Uh, what we got? What we got? What we got? What we got next? Uh, then we had, okay, so then you got Misha, Sirkinoff. Sirkinoff versus Patrick Cummings. First round, it was, it went, it went, it was one-sided, Sirkinoff, I think it was the first round, I'm almost positive, the first round, took him down and, and, uh, submitted him with, a looked like an arm triangle, um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't, there was there's not much to talk about that fight, so there's not much to say. Who, who's that? That was in the semi, though, right? Who's the semi? It was a round one submission. Yeah, yeah, that was not much to talk about. Uh, Sukumov definitely. And the other one, the su- yeah, the Sukumov fight was a decision. Okay, it was, huh? Yeah. Okay, so that was a close fight. That was a really close fight. Um, uh, the Asian sensation Sukumov def- definitely won, but he got he got. Uh, Which fight are you talking about? Sukumov. Oh yeah, Sir- he's not the Asian sensation. Yeah, he is. <laughs> no, 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 yes, he is. No. Sir, the Sukumov, the no, that's Sukumtov. Sukumtov, okay, whatever. Sirkinov is. Oh, there's the two Sirkinov and Sirkinov. <laughs> fuck out of here! You can't. This kid is not like Asian. That. That's Misha. Is his name is Misha. Misha. Okay, so Sirkinov <laughs> isn't the Asian sensation. <laughs> You're confusing the shit out of everybody. The other guy is Sirkumtov. So you got a Sirkinov and Sirkinov. <laughs> Get the fuck. That's You're confusing. Both wrong, but right. Okay. But anyway, Asian sensation, <laughs> Sirkumtov, 
Close fight. Um, he definitely won. But that Martinez guy will be back. He's a tough guy. The only thing Martinez, yeah, he got cornered a few times, though, where he didn't counter at all. He just kind of turtled up in the, against the cage for, like, multiple. Let me, let me, okay, let me tell you about, okay, when you get covered, when, when you're trying to cover against the cage, it's the worst strategy in the world. You either hit, hit back, hit, hold, right? So clinch or get out. You never cover up. But the reason a lot of people do that is they're not, it's not bad strategy for some people. Some people are hurt and all of a sudden they get rocked against the cage and all their instinct does is for them to cover up. But people that are just tired and covering up, they're just going to, it's a downward spiral. Unless your name is Muhammad Ali and you're against a rope where you can, when you can lean over the rope and avoid the punches, a cage, you can't do that. So, if you're trying to rope a dope in a cage, you're going to get knocked the fuck out. So, then we have the semi-main, right? Is that Michael Johnson against uh, Artem uh, Lobov? Good fight. I mean, not a good fight. He, he, get, he gets a lot of hate for whatever reason. I think it's his record. Um, yeah, he's 14 and 15 on the main card. Yeah. Um, but he gets a he gets a lot of hate online. This guy, he's just yeah because I think people think he just gets the fights because he's from the camp or the sparring partner of um, Conor McGregor. Yeah, so so he's they're out of the same camp in Ireland, and he's kind of douchey, you know. So I don't know, I don't I don't know that he's douchey, but that's what I hear. And then Michael Jock Michael Johnson, nobody nobody doesn't like him. Um, he's, he looks like the guy in police academy with the crazy voices. Um, and he fights, he'll, he's not, he will fight anyone, anywhere. He'll slug with anyone. He's so fucking tough. So he was a three week out replacement fighter for Lobov and, uh, he didn't make weight. He said he had to drop 30 pounds to make this fight. Um, and he missed it by a pound. So Lobov, I guess, was going to get 20% of his purse, and he refused it. You can't refuse it. Well, he apparently said he would give it back. And you can't give it back. <laughs> oh, well, you, you that can't. was the story. I know. This is, okay, this is why you can't. Because they want to find fighters that don't make weight, and if you give it back to them, Dana doesn't like that. In fact, he won't allow that. Um, because then it's setting a dad, bad precedent for the other fighters. Uh, so I think like one of my guys wants um, his his opponent didn't make weight and they tried to they find him twenty percent and my you were like fuck bro he's barely mi- missed it it's like something stupid no he's so he was gonna give him back the money out of his purse my guy Dana had a fit he said no well if, I, if I kind you, of agree with Dana on that because they're using it as a penalty it's yeah. not up to Loboff to say right. I don't want it. It's not up to you. Right. Take it. Donate it to charity. But I, yeah. I think they're using it as a punishment. It's not up to the other fighter. Right. I agree right. with that. Right. So, and, and I mean, to speak speak up for Michael, if he took the fight on that short notice, then you got to talk to the, um, you know, it's short notice. So the promo- the promoter and the, the matchmaker knows that. Say, ah, I might be a, it might have to be a catch weight. I might be a couple pounds over. Because you should know your own weight, and you shouldn't be thirty pounds over unless you're a heavyweight. You know, because the your the percentage of your body weight at that weight, what are they, fifty fivers? 
I mean, that that's just, that's a lot of weight, you know? So. 45ers. They're 45ers? <laughs> he dropped down, I thought he was a 55er. That's what they're listed at. Yeah, so 30 pounds. You should, fighters out there. Th okay, think of this. Some of the best fights you're going to have are going to be last-minute replacement fights. And for some reason, even being in a full fight camp, sometimes you're going to fight better if you get called on Monday and said, can you fight this Saturday? Or even if on a Wednesday, hey, can you fight this Saturday? I don't say you should always be on weight, but you should always be ready to fight in every other way. Because some of your best performances are going to be those fights where someone says, and best opportunities, hey, it's Tuesday. Can you fight this Saturday? We got a huge title fight in the UFC main event. And if you're out of shape, you're, you're going to either say yes and just get destroyed or say, no, I'm out of shape. But you, you, chances are you won't get that opportunity again. But if you stay in shape all the time, you don't have to be in fighting shape. And you don't have to be in fight weight. But if you're kind of near your weight, you shouldn't be 30 pounds overweight. You know, I mean, there, there's no excuse for that. And you should always be ready. If you're not fighting in the UFC, but you're a fighter, you should always be ready to fight this weekend. Always. Because you never know, if you're fighting at Tachi Palace or some other little organization, and somebody caught you fighting and they sent a video to Sean Shelby and he goes, oh shit, my guy just fell out. And he'll call you and say, hey, can you fight in three days? And you say no, you might not ever get that call again. But if you say yes and you put on a good show, win or lose, chances are you're going to fight for the UFC again and, and it's, it's a no, that's a no-lose situation. So anyway, that's what I got to say about that. It was an okay fight, but I just don't know why this uh, Artrum guy drops his hands so much. He's saying, I think, was he tired? He, he does it all the time. He fights with his hands at his waist. That's, his, that's a terrible strategy. That strategy worked for Ali. Worked for Conor McGregor. Worked for Conor McGregor. It worked for Anderson Silva, except when you're fighting uh, Chris Weedman. Uh, it works for a lot of people. But it does not work for you. Keep your fucking hands up. That's dropping your hands strategy doesn't work. It works as countering to sucker people in, to cre to create an illusion that they're going to be able to hit you because they see your hands down and they think, oh, I can hit them. Then they pull back to hit you and you catch them with a counter. It doesn't work that way with Artem because he's just not, I don't think he's fast enough for that, that style. So all it's going to do is get him hit. Yeah, I, I didn't like that style at all of fighting. Yeah. It, it, if you backed it up with speed, it would be one thing. Yeah, Roy, you, you're not Roy Jones Jr. There was it a fight recently with Anderson Silva last year where he actually just stood there in the middle of the mat and just stood there with his hands down and let the guy try to punch him. It's just it's impressive when you see someone with the timing and speed do it. But when somebody hits you and your hands are down, you just want to say, <laughs> it's not working, bro. Put your fucking hands up. It's seriously, it's not working. Yeah, so that was a decision win for Michael Johnson. Yeah, good job. Well deserved. He Very. definitely won that fight. Yeah. He's and then there's a lot of hate for the other guy just because of... I, I don't, don't think there should be hate. There should just be... There should be concern. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. And then the... The, the main event, 
Great fight, Anthony Smith against Vulcan. So Anthony Smith out of Denver, so that's where Court was training. Yeah, he's training in that camp, and uh, Anthony Smith, when he to me when he first uh, when he first got in the cage and when they first started fighting, to me it looked like Vulcan was a lot bigger than him and stronger, and I was thinking, oh, because I know Anthony Smith used to make one eighty five, but then when like the second round came up, I don't I don't know what they put in in the water of Anthony Smith. But all of a sudden, they looked the same, and the power seemed to come up in Anthony Smith. So then they seemed like even in the power. So I was like, what the hell happened? Then the third round, you know, Anthony over overcame him, did a beautiful takedown, and then he turned it into a rear naked choke, and he won by choke in the third round. He had just enough time. I think there's only like 30 seconds oh, left. there was? And, but, yeah, and he was already tired before it. He took him down and got his back. He was already... Anthony Smith... They were both tired, actually. Vulcan looked tired, too. Um, just a hard fight. Uh, they were both tired, and he got him down, got his back, got the submission, which took, like, probably over a minute or a minute and a half. And he was so tired at the end of the fight, he couldn't get up. There's a picture up here I took off yeah. my TV. But I had recorded the fight. I didn't watch him live. And I saw a picture online or something like this. And I'm like, oh, he, Anthony Smith lost. I thought he got knocked out because the picture, it looks like he got knocked out. I'm like, oh, it spoiled it. And I was so happy when I watched the fight. I was like, oh, this was a good fight. It was a good fight. Uh, it was a good fight. It looks on the numbers that going into the, when the chokeout actually happened, it looked like Vulcan was way, um, definitely ahead. He's scary. His power. Uh, he was definitely, uh, I think uh, Anthony Smith tried to do a takedown like in the very beginning of the first yeah. round, which was interesting. Yeah, right in the beginning was, against the cage. Didn't uh, work. Well. But his team, Anthony Smith's team and Mark out there, they were all so happy. Yeah. Um, Did they do that dance in the dress room? I didn't see if you go on Mark, uh <laughs> If you go on Mark Montoya's uh, Instagram, I think it's it's uh, it's Factory X or something, um, but he, he puts up these really crazy uh uh videos um uh of him dancing with his team in the dressing room after after their fights it's really cool it's really cool to see i'm gonna i'm gonna look for him i'm gonna look right now but so that was the main event and then what else we got well just with the exception of uh herman it was just a nice to see all the fighters uh you know, they were all respectful after the fight. Coach Montoya. Coach Montoya. It's a really, this one's a really good picture, too. This is taken after the fight. You guys can see that. If you can't see it, it's uh, Coach Montoya uh, with uh, Anthony with his, arm, his hands on his shoulders, sitting up on the cage and, and leaning on his coach. And it was a really good picture. Really good. So, good job, Matt. That Montoya, man, we had him on the show not that long ago. Um, has a great team, great, great personality. They have, like, they seem to be a real family-oriented team, and they seem to be really close, unlike some of the other big teams that aren't close. They're always bickering and shit. I don't think you're ever going to see that kind of stuff with this team because I think Mark Montoya is a real family man, and I think his gym is going to be run like a family gym. Even though he has like 50 fucking fighters, I think he's running it like a small team, like I do mine. And he said he'd be on our show, so he did our show from the emergency room while he was getting his finger cut open. Yes, <laughs> was he did. Good. So yeah. he's, he's definitely a stand-up guy. Most, I think most guys would be like, uh, yeah, I'm busy, sorry, I can't do it today. 
Uh, nope, he got on his phone and did it while he was having a procedure done on he his did, finger. Yeah, he had like some kind of infection in his finger, so they were draining his finger, <laughs> and he was like, ah, well, while he was doing our show. Yeah, what a good guy, but I love that Court's going over there, and um, I think Court has a really good combination of stuff. I help Court with certain things, then Rob Hanley, that's where he spends the bulk of his time because he lives in Utah, but then he gets to go to uh, Factory X in, in Denver, and get some really good sparring and drilling and, and just atmosphere there. And it's great. I think Court has it all dialed in now. And I think you're going to see a lot more of Court McGee. And I think he's going to go a lot farther. So I'm really I'm really happy for him. Yeah, it was a good weekend. So what else we got? Anything all else right. going on? The only other thing going on was uh, was Mighty Mouse is leaving the UFC. He's a current... Oh, no, he just lost. He right? just lost. Yeah. He just lost. He lost one fight, and he's out of the UFC. So he's going to another promotion in a trade. Have you ever seen a trade before in no, MMA? No, and I don't like it. The closest thing I've seen to it was the Pride, where Chuck went and fought in Pride. Yeah. But he was a UFC fighter, which was yeah. actually I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but there's a documentary I thought was really cool, but John lived it. So, um, but of Chuck and John going over to Japan and. Basically, they entered him in a Grand Prix or something, like a Grand Prix tournament. They entered Chuck in the tournament. But that was the closest I've seen to a fighter. He was basically a fighter that was, like, lent out. Yeah, it was, it was a... But yeah. you, see, you see trades all the time in other major sports, but you're not used to seeing trades between promotions in the UFC. So it's yeah. kind of interesting. Uh, so Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse leaving, and then Ben Askren coming over to the UFC. Yeah, um... Yeah, I think I think it worked out well for everyone. I mean, I love I love Mighty Mouse, and I you know I love his coach, uh, the Wizard Hume. Um, and Askren to Askren is gonna make it. I mean, I think. Well, I don't know if he's gonna make it or not. I Didn't I he would bet he will. I thought he retired or something a year ago. Well, he's he he's like a. I don't think he's had many fights. How many fights has he had? I don't know. I mean, I mean. I don't know if he's on the roster yet at the UFC. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's definitely one of the most sought after guys, um, on uh, you know, on on the roster mainly because of his wrestling, but he also has uh, he has a shit ton of other skills. So he's a really sought after fighter. Um, so I'm looking at I'm looking forward to seeing him fight. Definitely gonna miss. Uh, um, de- definitely gonna miss. Uh, uh, Mighty Mouse, but I'm sure we're gonna see him again. Uh, now he's gonna be in the one championships. Is that it? Right. Yeah, one championship out of Singapore. Yeah. So I I don't I don't even know where I've never even watched one of those fights. Have you? No. I know nothing about that. Um, I think he's a pretty big deal though. Yeah. Coming over. Who do you, who who is? Askren. Coming over here. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a big deal, and so is uh, so is uh, Mighty Mouse going over there. So it's I mean it's a win win for them. But what is his career? What, what how do you spell his last name? Askren. Yeah, A S K R E N. K R E N. K R E N. Let me see what his record is. Oh, it's right here. Eighteen and O. Huh? Shit. Seriously. <laughs> One no contest. Wait, seriously? Yeah. So he's yeah he's eighteen and zero. So he's fought okay. So most of his fights have been in one championship. Oh, he's had a shit ton. He's been in Bellator. Um, I don't see. I don't recognize any of the names that he's beaten. 
Oh, Douglas Lima he beat. Uh, Jay Heron he beat. Nick Thompson. Uh, yeah, nobody else really. Uh, yeah, I don't really recognize you know those names, but well, apparently he's gonna get a top five fight. Yeah, for I, his for his debut in the UFC at welterweight. Yeah, he's he's supposedly like fucking the real, real deal. So that should be interesting. Ben Askren in the UFC, Mighty Mouse in one championship. I I want to watch this one championship. Uh, I don't think I've I ever think UFC is hoping to get a fighter that more people are interested in. <laughs> for whatever reason. Mighty Mouse didn't do it for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah it's like crazy. I mean, I think because he was so good and so technical, people would rather see two guys like, you know, Arturo Gatti and Mickey Ward just going at it than somebody so technical that, you know. But, well, I think the USC will miss Mighty Mouse. A lot of the people will. But definitely a, a good addition uh, Ben Askren will be, right? Yeah, we'll see. We'll we see, what, see. We'll see what his big first fight is. We'll see. So I think I think it's going to be a big draw just because of this such an unusual situation. I think people are going to be interested no matter what. Being a trade. Yeah. Maybe that's the start of something that's going to be going on. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. And I, I would recommend watching the UFC uh, Pride, whatever they call it. They're, they're doing a bunch of short documentaries for the twenty-five year. I've watched. I think I've watched most. Again, of them. if I happen to be in one of them and I <laughs> might start crying. If I was crying, it's because it was about some things, emotional things that I was going through. They took advantage no, of that. No, that was not out yet. Yeah, so I just want to warn you guys <laughs> that that we, was not... got one coming out on Chuck called The Ice Age, but I don't think it's out yet. But the one you're in is about Chuck also and going over to Pride and then UFC buying Pride. So I thought it was interesting. I think during that whole stint of MMA, I was busy in medical school or something, so I don't remember a lot of that. Um, so going back and seeing it now for me was really interesting. And then, of course, you talk to John, and he's like, well, it didn't happen exactly like that. <laughs> it wasn't exactly, you know, he lived it. I, I don't know it, so for me, it was entertaining. It was, it was entertaining for me, too, but not in the, yeah, there were some facts that were kind of, but it was interesting, and, um, yeah. Anyway, dang, um, thanks for coming, guys, and do not forget to share and subscribe to this uh, podcast, whether you're on SoundCloud, iTunes, or YouTube, because it is the best podcast in the world. All right, John. Till next time, man. All right. See you. All right, man.